We will step into the light so you can stand in the darkness. We are Awesome. And this is Bay Watched, an homage to Buns, Babes, Hunks, and the Hop. All right, welcome back to Baywatch. Uh, today is the big race. You know, last week we had a we struggled through the death of a character. I forget the character's name. She was a main character, I think. Jill. Uh, Jill. Jill. That was her name. So I couldn't remember who died last week. I couldn't remember her name. So I googled it, and there's like a fan page devoted to her. And you should read. The fan page. It's got oh. more detail than I think exists in Baywatch well, now about... I to, now I have to look for Jill Baywatch fan yeah, page. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look it up. It's it's like one of Wait. these, you know... Dave, was it an OnlyFans page? <laughs> was it a fan page or was it like the, the like Baywatch wiki? It's the Baywatch fandom... Uh, dot com wiki page on okay. Jill Riley, and I'll go ahead and read it. I've looked it up. It's uh, it's enticing. Um, enticing. Yeah, it's, it's so detailed. Jill Riley is a fictional character. What? She's not fiction. From okay. the popular. Hang on, hang, on, hang on, let's stop right there. So I got into this. So we, I was talking with a group of friends, and they had a hard time remembering what fiction and non-fiction was and which one was which. Did you guys ever come across that being a problem? Listen, coronavirus is really doing a real number on our brains. <laughs> I could I could I could see that because the word fiction itself doesn't exactly it's not like truth and non-truth. Well, you obviously know what that is, but fiction itself is kind of um Well, and I said I said it makes sense cuz it's weird because in I think most people in their minds would think fiction would be the real thing and nonfiction just just based off of oh that's not real. That's I like, accept right. that I accept that for six year olds, LJ, not for people who've known what fiction is for thirty oh, no. some odd. My response was, well, I mean there's that, you know, factor fiction. Right. That would keep that would help you remember and they were like Or oh, fiction yeah. is fake. That's how I've always remembered. Fiction is fake. It's fiction, it's fake. And nonfiction is not fake. Yeah, but like I said, it doesn't really have a a tie to or an analog to another word where you're like, oh well, obviously it, it's part of this other thing. Listen, things become ingrained. That should just be second nature when right. it's something that we've known for however long you happen to be alive. All right, well let me finish it. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, so I've got we're five words in. We're doing good. Jill oh. Riley is a fictional character from the popular American. Dave, you television should rewrite show. it. Dave, <laughs> you should rewrite it. Jill Riley is a living, breathing person, popularized by the Baywatch TV show. She was portrayed by actress Sean Weatherly. She's most experienced female lifeguard on the service. Hang on, she, oh, she is the most experienced. She is, or, huh? She's. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like this is some Asian site wrote this. She's most experienced female lifeguard officer. <laughs> she trained Shawnee McClain on how to become a better lifeguard and was respected by all her friends at Baywatch. 
However, she died tragically after injuries from a shark attack during a rescue. It still goes on. That's just the intro paragraph. We've got physical appearance. We've got personality. We've got what she did in Baywatch. She's got trivia. I I almost think I shouldn't read it all. I think you, hang on. First, the way it's already written reminds me of how I used to write my papers in high school when they had to be so many words. Exactly. You're like, hey, I couldn't say, oh, she died after a shark attack. I was like, oh, she died after injuries. From a shark attack. Oh, good. There was an extra word in there. Exactly. Dave, is this website baywatchwiki.jp? <laughs> no. That's but the, oddly that's in the a, background, the rock. That's a, Japanese, that's a Japanese, like, internet domain. Yeah. Um, let's see. Physical appearance. Jill was an athletic and attractive woman in her late 20s with she long. She was in her late 20s? I don't know. This is Wiki. I can make her late fifties if you want to. Anyone I mean, can she, edit this. She does spend a lot of time in the sun, which could make one look a little perhaps older. I, mean, I don't think she was old, but I would have gone for more like early thirties. Probably from all the sun exposure. In her late twenties with long blonde hair and blue eyes. She was five eight, a hundred and three centimeters tall. <laughs> Centimeters. Wow. Hang on. Centimeters. And the picture shows her with brunette hair. Her, her picture is brunette, but they say uh, blonde, long blonde I, hair. I, I want to know if they just got the the height from the actress. If if that's how tall. Hey, by the way, whatever her name she, is, whoever you she know. was born, she was born in 1959, which would have made her about 30 when Baywatch aired, which might have made her 29 when she filmed the series. But and they regardless, in her late twenties, so that's right, that's accurate. I think, but LJ's closer with his thirties. But her okay, personality. I, I, oh, per, yeah, that's what I want to know. What's her personality? All right, Jill is a strong-willed and hard-working lifeguard. She was good friends with all the other lifeguards, nope. with Shawnee McLean being her best friend. Nope, she wasn't friends with anybody else because we never saw them interact. Exactly. I want to know how they got so much information about Jill when, at most, she had a couple minutes in, like, three or four episodes. They've seen deleted scenes. Let's keep oh. going, shall yeah, we? Baywatch. I, I, I want to talk about her her best friend, Shawnee, because I, I have a feeling that relationship's like one of those where it's like, oh, no, I'm really good friends with those guys. Are hey, can somebody... They never, they never invite you to anything. They don't hang hey. out with you. Oh, no, we're friends. We're friends. In- in post, can somebody play like some eulogy music underneath this conversation? Yes, this is this is this is her. You 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 googly. You googly. Yeah, I can googleize her. Season one, Jill was a very experienced and popular lifeguard on the Didn't you say that? team. <laughs> you make a good point. Wait, Wait were you minute. trying to make this sound like a eulogy or a, or like a, a online sex thing? <laughs> Phone sex? Jill was a very experienced and popular she lifeguard. Best friends <laughs> with Shawnee. She was a mentor and friend to Shawnee and taught her everything about being a lifeguard, including how to die in the jaws of a shark. (laughs) During a rescue, she was attacked by a shark, which resulted in serious injuries, causing blood embolism that eventually killed her. 
we've had now three references to the fact that there were sharks involved, which makes this like a montage. <laughs> the team were greatly devastated at not only losing a great lifeguard, but a good friend as well. The team were greatly devastated. <laughs> I'm telling you, and this is written by some Asian with uh, not a good grasp on English. But a good grasp on uh, are, like are jail, we, right? I, I really want to know this cool trivia, though. All right. Sean Weatherly replaced actress Pamela Bowen for the role of Jill when she had a debilitating fear of water. Was that – was – yeah. Yeah, I think maybe Pamela Bowen played her in the TV movie that kicked this whole thing off. Maybe. They watched started with a TV movie and then they made yeah. a new TV show. Well, the, we the, watched the two-hour oh, pilot. The pilot is two hours. Gotcha. Jill was the first lifeguard to be killed off in the show, and also the first to be killed after a rescue. Technically, the uh, old guy in the pilot who went down and tried to, who they wanted to kick off Baywatch, and he went down and he saved like Hobie died. Yeah, and he was a lifeguard. Yeah. Yeah. And, is that uh, a true show though? Is that is that episode one or is that considered episode zero or something? That's like episode zero, depending episode, on what site you look at. Episode. It, but on IMDb, they have Sean Weatherly as Joe Riley. Who did you say, Emily Bowen? Jill Riley. Is, Jill Riley is the character. Right, but Emily Bowen, something like that, was the actor who played her. Um, no, it was originally played by. Sh- well, sorry, it was sh- played by Sean Weatherly, who replaced Bowen. Okay, well, Sean Weatherly plays her in that pilot movie. Sean Weatherly does, so perhaps okay. Bowen got hired and then fired before they filmed. Okay, why yeah. would you even audition for a role of, of a lifeguard if you are? If you have a fear of water. Because lifeguards' roles are so vast and numerous, you may never even touch the water in a whole career. I mean, you're out solving crimes in the neighborhood, you know, you're doing detective work, you're flying helicopters. Who knows if you ever even see water? I bet you that this um, show was pitched as a covert government agency that poses as a gang of lifeguards, solves (laughs) crimes... We're going to see how this ties into the Mission Impossible franchise. There we go. Um, it's actually going to bring together the past three franchise the Mission Impossible franchise. What's strange is, I swear earlier it said, she, like, her last, the last show she was in was episode, um, oh yes, last appearance, Shark Derby, season one, episode 19. But in trivia... Um, Jill appears in the season two episode, The One That Got Away, in a flashback of Shawnee, who still misses her friend a lot, but decides to continue on with her duties in her memory. Wasn't that the episode we watched? No, this is season two episode, The One That Got Away. But I'm talking about the one that we watched as we'll get, the one that we're going to talk about tonight, which we'll get to, as Shawnee about to leave Baywatch and then decides to work. Stay working. Hey, don't leave it to these writers to not reuse plot lines. That's true. Yeah. I'm, it, I, I have a strange feeling we're going to have a shark episode at least every season. <laughs> this is a good idea. You know, I, I thought you guys, I, 
I thought I understood how to understand this show because it's terrible. And I thought, okay, so it's camp. You know, don't take it seriously. It's campy, whatever. And then this episode comes along and I'm like, wait a minute. We'll get into it. But I just, this show doesn't even know what this show wants to be. This show is all yes, things to all viewers. No. Yeah. All things is the answer. It is all By the things. Way, guys, we have to also so, keep in mind, this is a show that gets canceled after season one and then yep. goes into uh gets picked up for syndication like two years later or a year and a half later. Or, or I yeah, I don't yeah, like a year and a half later or, or six months later or whatever gets picked up for syndication, and that's where it lives the rest of its nine seasons. Uh, Slaz, by the way, did they let you leave the strip club, uh, to go to the hospital for your baby being born? No, or did no, you have to watch it on sale? Baby was born in the club. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Congratulations. Pop, thank you. Thank you. Pop champagne. You, you know, this, <laughs> this show is all things except one thing. The only thing that they don't really cover much of is lifeguarding. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, I thought you were gonna say being good. This show is all things except one thing. Good. No, it's very good. <laughs> all right. Let's get into the tonight's episode, The Big Race. I'll read our summary from IMDb. Court promises to come up with a load of cash for a nursing home, but needs Mitch and Craig's help to com- uh, compete with each other in a water skiing race with a big cash prize. Meanwhile, Shawnee is still grief-stricken and afraid to go back in the water in the wake of Jill's death. And what a great, what a great plot synopsis. <laughs> We're going to do a water ski race in order to, to earn some money for a convalescent home. What is this, Water Boy? Or no, uh, um, not Water Boy. Um, well, that wasn't exactly, golfingly. that wasn't exactly what it was. Happy no more. That wasn't exactly the the original intent was I'm going to borrow well I'm going to promise money I don't have and sell the shop to do it and then well I can take my friend's money and use it and wait a second I can do even better I can buy a boat with my friend's money to get the money I need by going to a ski race. Hey, you're jumping way ahead. There's a lot of quality content. You're just zooming by on the freeway. That's the the summary. That would be my summary. There's an there's an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where uh, Robert, Raymond's brother, is super depressed. And, Isn't he always uh, depressed? Yeah, but he's, like, particularly depressed. And talking about struggling with money or something, so Ray and Deb give him, like, I don't know, $5,000 or something to help him out or whatever. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm going to Vegas. And they're all pissed at him because he's taking that money because they thought he needed it for um, uh, bills or whatever, and he's going to Vegas but he never asked them for the money. They just gave it to him, and then he was going to use it. And they were like, no, you got to use it this way. And uh, that made me think. I feel like everybody loves Raymond was inspired by this episode of Baywatch. <laughs> they um, remember, I, I know we're, we're into the middle of the plot here, but remember, his shop was only worth three grand. Three grand. <laughs> after, after, you know, encumbrances, probably paying off loans and stuff. But that's why they gave him three grand. Is because they're like, don't sell your shop, don't leave the Baywatch area. Um, we'll give you the three grand. That'll keep your shop, and that's all you need, right? Three grand. Well, not realizing okay. he needed ten. 
This this is a very complex layered plot. I don't think we should just jump to the middle because we're just no. going to confuse everybody. Hell okay. no. no. Are we going to do the? Should we just stick with court and the boat racing, and then we'll get to Shawnee's fear of the water? That, I mean, I feel like the court plot is the a plot, so it's the thing well, that we're going to talk about the most. There's yeah. really only two plots, and the Shawnee plot is like thirty seconds. Well, the Shawnee's plot pretty much is the is the Jaws tagline. You'll never go in the water. You'll never want to go in the water again, or whatever. Right? Exactly. Whatever the tagline is because pretty yeah. much she's scared to death now of sharks and dying. So I didn't see the episode, but did nobody else see Jill get attacked by the shark? The Hoff was kind of in the water trying to save her, and so so he saw it, and then um, Shawnee was on the boat like screaming. Like, Jill, get on the boat, Jill! Ah. In fact, they showed it in one of the, one of the, I counted five montages, but anyways, uh, <laughs> or, or you could say 4A and 4B, because they kind of split up the boat montage. Yeah, um, three. I counted five, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> I rewound, um, I rewound to see if I had actually seen an extra montage, because I was like, man, there's, a lot of montages. So we'll get to that. Uh, so the one thing I, well, I mean, sort of in this plot, what happens is we realize. Well, last week we we did they developed Shawnee and Jill's relationship by talking about weathering heights. <laughs> <laughs> deep, deep conversation. So, but I like how Shawnee is pretty much the only person in the show. Who gives a fuck that they just had someone die? <laughs> That's why everyone, I was asking. That's why I was asking. Did nobody else see? Nobody else, else. Nobody else has, has any on. level of trauma. They've all. They've She's all moved an important on. character, y'all. Don't dispute the wiki. I mean, I understand the idea of having Shawnee be scared, but like, no one else seems to even notice that Jill died. Yeah. No one other person cares. The one person that you wouldn't think would. Gardner. Oh. oh yeah, Gar- yeah, because Garner helps her out at the end. Of all people, he's the only he's the only one that I heard say he misses her. Also, well, but check this out. Not only does nobody care about Jill dying, nobody seems except for the the boss boss who I still can't get up finger on his character. Um, nobody else cares about what Shawnee may be going through. Yeah, she literally watched a coworker die in the line of duty and i mean that's like that's immediate you're off the job for like at least a month in like mental rehab or whatever like i'm pretty sure cops if like your partner gets killed right in front of you i'm pretty sure you're off for a while i mean call me crazy listen this is the 80s man (laughs) it was none of that not touchy feely nonsense that's right then again we did have a random lifeguard die like two episodes ago with the ghost. And people cared about that significantly. <laughs> but that like, was because it, that was because it effect, affected the male character because it, you know, if it had been Shawnee, they would and the ghost, they wouldn't have cared. They'd be like, get over it. I, I will say, I, and I, <laughs> I feel like such a chauvinist repeating this, but man, Shawnee's uh, alter ego, her eyebrows made a big appearance. In this I know. <laughs> oh, they, they, I, I actually wrote down, 
just the word unibrow because there was I don't I can't now remember what scene it was, but there was just something where it just felt like they zoomed in just on her. It was it eyes. was it was when she was swimming, and all of a sudden her unibrow wrapped around her arms and legs, and she started screaming, "Help me, help me!" And, and she was covered in it, and she couldn't uh, get away from it. Uh, Dave, that was just the seaweed. Are you sure? Because it looked remarkably similar. I did feel like they should have sent Shawnee to the same therapist who helped uh, Eddie out. Joyce Brothers could have made another uh, appearance. Um, also, I like that Shawnee was bummed about being moved to HQ when she was like, I want to work at HQ. Yeah. Which also seems like a normal thing. Like, to me, it seems like I was just weirded out that, like, not weirded out because it's this show, so of course it doesn't make sense. But why didn't Mitch, you would think Mitch, who has been a lifeguard for a while, would have had experience about this, would have offered Shawnee, like, Shawnee, you know what, do you want to take some time off? Do you want to just work in HQ for a few weeks just to get mentally right? No, you saw your friend brutally butchered by a shark requiring over 200 stitches, and then she died in a hospital days later from a blood embolism. You're fine. Shake it off. Shake it off. Oh, yeah. I don't know if Slaz knows that. So when Jill dies, she dies days after the shark attack. She's fine. She's chit-chatting with them in the hospital and then, like, gets a blood clot. Right. I'm not even sure that she... I figured out the whole previous episode based on just watching this episode. I'm not sure that I'm Jill, sure may have, alone. Jill, Jill may not have died from shark-related um, injuries. She might have just died. She might have. <laughs> I mean, she she supposedly had 200 sutures or whatever and massive blood loss, but no significant physical wounds or injuries. Right, all, was, all, be, all below the blanket. She yeah. had a blanket on her. There was no comment about like, oh, I'm not going to be able to lifeguard anymore. I'm not going to be able to walk or run the same. I'm not going to be able to play beach volleyball like I used to. It's a good thing I beat my partner five episodes ago. Nothing. Yeah. In fact, they were talking about her leaving the hospital, and then she suddenly died. That's why it felt like, honestly, we talked about this last week, it felt like, Maybe contract negotiations went bad, so they filmed a bunch of different alternate endings. Because literally, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, she's dead. <laughs> no, what they did is they called him, they called everybody in for reshoots. They're like, hey, we just had a scene. Uh, but I will say, no matter how many times I see Jill die, I still don't care. <laughs> <laughs> she was well, a just brave. like everybody else in the show. And hard working. She was the most knowledgeable, most senior female lifeguard. Of now, which- here... I'm going to say this. greatly devastated. I checked IMDb. Trevor is not in the rest of the season, so he's gone. I care more about that. They didn't even give him a death or a goodbye. Yeah, I I was like, does he come back even for the season finale? And it does not appear that he does. Is Trevor the the Australian? Australian, yeah. So he just went off to another country and that's it? That's He's just gone? No, here's what happened. Court came in, and he's more interesting and charismatic, so like we can do something with him. Should have brought more than four. You we know, I looked make... up the actor uh, is Phelps, something Phelps, and mm-hmm. I thought for the hell of it, would it be funny if they were somehow related to Michael Phelps? Because oh. And it turns out that this actor, whose name is Phelps, is actually an accomplished swimmer in his own right. 
I I thought maybe he was a surfer, but I knew it was something. I believe he was a Olympic level swimmer, actually for Australia. Okay. No relation to Michael Phelps. Yeah. So shocker. I mean, <laughs> the odds. I mean, what would have been his dad? It would have been weird. Maybe uncle. I would go. Yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know if he'd be old enough to be his dad. Yeah, I guess Michael, not. I don't know how old Michael Phelps is. But. Pretty young, but relative so, to so that So maybe guy. we should get into the episode that we just watched, not oh, rehashing. Why? Why? Because it was awesome. <laughs> I want to give. I do want to give. But if we're going to move on to the other uh, plot, I do want to give Eddie props for being a Baywatch character who actually talks some sense when he has that conversation with Shawnee, and he's like, "You want to go to HQ? Why are you? I'm fine." And he like he's. Like laying it out for her, like no, you're dealing with a, finally somebody who made sense. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because all the other main characters were too busy dealing with an awesome race. Well, I'm just talking about in general. Hey, Gardner was helpful. Yeah. Yes, he was. Well, let's start. Let's talk about the initiation of that race. We start off with uh, Court and Eddie on a on a yacht. <laughs> Marginally a yacht, but sure. And and, and, uh, and Court is acting like a like like a different person. Yeah, Rich. Court's acting like a millionaire, and he's talking to this gal. And Eddie is has been hired to be their like alcohol server, and he's acting like he's uh, like Court's acting like he's rich enough to have a butler, who's Eddie. And he gets convinced to. Um, you know, he yep. has a mansion. He he's made her this woman believe he owns a mansion and a, he lives in a mansion and he owns a yacht. Right, and the yacht is not terribly fancy, but I mean, it's a better yacht than I could afford. But it's and, it, and in '89, maybe it was particularly fancy. I don't know. No, I mean, I guess what I mean is, in compared to the mega yachts that are three hundred million dollars. Oh, sure. This is probably. A hundred thousand dollar boat. So it's well, a really, like, it's a really, really nice fishing th- boat, like really big, nice fishing boat. This is actually a tug yacht. It ta- it takes his actual yacht out to sea. Yeah, there we go. Um, it's a tug yacht. <laughs> a mini yacht to get you to the yacht. The real yacht is where they used to put gamble. But then as soon as they're done with their little dinner, they have to rush off before the actual owners get there. Okay. That's what's really confusing. Here, before we get to that, let me ask. Wouldn't a man with a mansion and a yacht give more than $5,000 a year? In general. $10,000. He like no, he's giving fifteen. He gives five. Oh, Okay. He gives he's given five thousand dollars every year. Okay. But wouldn't no. a man with a mansion nope. and a yacht who really cares about this particular um uh uh, char- uh not charity but whatever um give more than five thousand dollars a year? No, absolutely not. Well, why is that? <laughs> okay, because who's who is currently the richest man, at least in the US? Bezos. Bezos. So he decided to donate to coronavirus not too long ago, and he gave some large sum of money. But when you look at how much it equates to the average person, like if you just take his net worth versus ours, it's the equivalent of most people giving like, I I don't know what it worked out to, well under $100. But it's very difficult with him since he's the richest man on earth, and he's worth like 
150 so is, billion dollars. Right. So if he's only if he's only willing to give effectively less than 100 bucks, courts equally raise rich. So it's actually pretty generous for him to give 5,000. <laughs> I would I would agree with Slazis. Most millionaires they spread out their giving throughout the year, so they would probably have. Five thousand to this charity, ten thousand to this charity, maybe one that's close to their heart, okay. fifty or a hundred thousand, and they end up giving away. Right, you know, but let's... this was supposedly he had relayed to her that this was close to his heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much so that she came to him because they needed fifteen or ten thousand or fifteen thousand, whatever they needed. That's how important it was that she would go to him specifically and say, "Hey, I know you've been given five thousand here, but we really need." You know, she played on his heartstrings, so that would signal to me that this was an important uh, charity for him. Yeah, what and is, you would what is Bezos's, do that. What's Bezos's net worth? I would guess. I think it's somewhere around 150 billion. Okay, uh, so I think I just, it's less because he of the divorce and the half. Okay, so yes, I, but then I, Amazon just skyrocketed, and he got a huge amount back. Oh, okay. So Bezos' cro- net cro- worth, according to this, is one hundred forty-five billion dollars. So the Chronicle estimates that Jeff Bezos, America's richest man, donated $67 million, ton of money, between 2000 and 2017, which sounds like a ton. But he says if you add in the $131 million he gave in 2018, so now we're at almost 300. 200, $200 million that he's donated, okay. the total is a whopping 0.12% of his net worth. Right. So, if you say, I think the average American's net worth is like $100,000 or $150,000. Sure. Times 0.12%. So that's 0.0012. Is that right? No. Yep. Yeah. Po- 0.12. It's just 0.12. No, it's 0.12%. So if I'm, I'd, I'd be multiplying oh, yeah. by yeah. 0.0012. That's like the average American donating $180 over the course of the past eight years but yeah I, I hear what you're saying but bezos gave 138 million or whatever the number was he gave 138 million. so this court who's a millionaire right. at least in this girl's mind only gave five thousand it wasn't you know it wasn't uh he's a millionaire and he gave a hundred dollars or a millionaire and he gave fifty thousand dollars. So so how many let's put make up a number. How many millions do you think he had? We'll we'll say with a yacht and a mansion, ten, we'll say ten million. Okay. So that is hundred. So he gave point so he's he's half as generous as Bezos if he okay. has ten million dollars. But I will say if, if he has if, five million dollars, he's equally as generous as Bezos. If you work for a charity but all to one spot. And all in one donation, where Bezos's was over eight years. Sure. Right. If you work for a charity, and you, as she mentions in the story, the government has cut back on funds. I think she lost at the federal and at the state level. Then you go out to your biggest donors, and you have these one-on-one meetings with them. That's very typical to reach out to your donors with any type of atypical problem. Oh, we've lost funding, or oh, we have this huge building we need to build, or we have this refurbishment program. You hit your top donors, and you ask them for more. That's very typical. So, okay. I think what's weird about this whole thing is the weird relationship that Court has with this lady. The semi-sexual relationship? For someone that he sees 
once a that year was, during donation time? By the way, it was really weird because he's, like, rubbing her leg with his, like, index finger. But then he agrees to give her the money, and they just hug. But then they kiss. Yeah, it was really weird. Really. I could, I could not tell what what they what kind of relationship they had because maybe ex lover. Like sometimes it seemed sexual and other times it seemed very professional, and I was very confused. It it all it it really creeped me out. Honestly, it made me think of like a Weinstein situation. Like, yes, I know this is one of our most critical donors giving. You know, $10,000 a year or $5,000 or whatever, and, and that's X amount of our operating budget. So I'm going to let him run his finger up my leg because he gets <laughs> off on that. It was really creepy. And then when he kissed her, I was like, what? I, I yeah, feel like, I, I feel like in about 10 years, he's going to be saying, I, I let the kids, they like to rough up my leg hairs and smooth them <laughs> out again. I, I think that, I think that they probably, had gotten down a few times in the past. He is Court. John D. Court. Yeah. The third. The 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 rascal the rascal of the seven seas. <laughs> the thunder from down under. Wait, what? No. No, that was Trevor. He's gone. Okay. So she, he agrees to give her ten grand mm-hmm. and then he immediately goes, I don't know how many get ten grand to his buddy. <laughs> But he tells Eddie there's all he always finds a way. He's like, I never have five thousand, but I always find it. Which my first thought went when we first met Court, he was doing all sorts of illegal things. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, Yeah, you always find a way by doing your illegal things that you were doing when we met you like six episodes ago. Yeah. I will say I didn't know what type of place he was funding at the very beginning. She said she said, like, we're going to have to let some patients go, but I might have missed it. Did she mention that it was a convalescent hospital? I didn't catch that it was. What, what year was this from, by the way? 89? We're in the 90s. Oh, 90s. 90s. Because it's now close to the end of the, uh, right, right. the season, so we made it to the 90s. Woo. <laughs> okay, so when he goes and asks Craig and Mitch for money right away. No, he never asked them for money. Hell no. He never asked them for money. From real quick, they, from 1990 they, to 2020, that $10,000 if inflation is $20,000 nowadays. So if we right. convert that mm. to Bezos's, he's being equally as generous as Bezos. Okay. No, they overhear him on the phone talking about mortgaging or selling his business and then they oh, give yeah. him the money. And then they give him the money. All all I noticed was product placement. Really? So they're drinking R and M soda instead of A and W. It looks like A and W font, <laughs> but it says R and M. But then, fifteen minutes later, they're all drinking Budweisers, and you can tell the Budweisers. <laughs> Hell yeah, I noticed that King of Beers, baby. I was I, like, yeah. I was like, why they're can, not even hiding it. <laughs> they are why, do think, why do you think Dave has apparently drank four Budweisers in thirty-four minutes? I am on my third. I, oh, okay. I dispute in, that number. For the listeners, in 34 minutes, he's on we his can, third. I can get to my fourth. <laughs> I, I have no doubt that you'll probably leave this podcast and pick up two more and come back. <laughs> I like this. This is a good plan. Um, you know, I, I didn't catch a product placement, but I do want to know, who did he call to get an immediate valuation on his business? Based on uh, what it's worth and what he owes. Well, why did he, he get three thousand dollars? He just called the fir- he just called one of those 
you know, those ads they put in your mailbox that you throw right away. That, he's like, oh, oh he probably call called Cash Call. call them. Yeah. He called Zillow before Zillow went online. Right. Yes, but so – so he was only calling about the property value and not the business value is what you're saying, Donnie. You. Yeah. So, somehow he, he owned 1-800-5 Zillow. Okay. So he, 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 he was calling on the property. Yeah. Well, cause he doesn't mention equity because most businesses are not only, not only just the equity of the property, but if the business is running, um, in the black, it has operating revenue profit. Right. And therefore the business is worth more than just the the value of the property and the materials less any debts. But I'm looking hey. at I'm looking at Slaz in the corner right now, and it's like he's the Marty McFly picture from Back to the Future One. He's just kind of disappearing. <laughs> I want to say that was all my NBA knowledge, all wrapped up. There you go. You just good, got good, good job. Eighty thousand dollars. You see Irvine really has finally paid off. There you go. Um. Uh, so, so, Slaz is, Slaz is just quietly turning himself Slaz, sideways and upside down and all sorts of things. This is not good radio. Slaz is just ahead now. Slaz is upside down. This is not good radio. Um, so, so they, they move on from this scene. She, she's thrilled that he's going to give her the money. He calls, he, he gets a quote. The guy's he, over here and they show up at his shop and say, look, don't sell the he, shop. We, we like you. Here's and he swears Eddie to secrecy. Where is Eddie to secrecy? Right. So Mitch and the lawyer show up with a check for three grand and say, don't sell your shop. We'll give you three grand. We don't need to know what it's for. So. And so, of course, he does the right thing and buys a boat. And we get a cool boat montage. And he had a long, he had a long and healthy, you know, thinking process about it. A kid came to his shop with a poster about a boat race, and he said, "That's the way I'm going to make money." And so, immediately goes and buys a boat same day. Well, no, well, no. we know first, first we have the boat montage while he's buying the boat of just looking at other boats in the marina, just just boats at the dock and people like getting ready to like go off on them. Well, yeah. we know that this is actually in line with his character because he always is impetuous. Like, he never thinks through Not any idea. But yes, I know the word. He never thinks through any idea. Okay. Yeah. It's not impetuous? No. Okay. So what I'm curious about here is, and I'm, I'm going to look it up right now, I don't think it was a, I mean, yes, boats were used, but it wasn't a boat race. It was a ski race. By yes, the way, he obviously used boats, but when he came in, he's like, "Oh yeah, it's for skiing." That's what he puts puts it in the shop. It's a ski race to Catalina and back, and then immediately we cut to hit, cut to a scene that's just like checking out boats and chrome propellers, and this one's got a cool motor. And look at the exhaust on this one. Wait a second, this has nothing to do with skiing. I mean, it has hey, something to do with skiing, but our Webster's word of the day: impetuous. Acting or done quickly and without thought or care. That's what I meant. Like oh, he just acts. Yeah, he just acts. He, does, he just goes like, "This is a good idea. Let's do it." Okay, I I thought Damn the consequences. I thought, impetu- I thought impetuous was more um, negative, like a little bit like um, like pouty almost. Oh, so. are you thinking impertinent? No. Okay. Are you thinking incontinent? I'm good. <laughs> I, 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 are I'm you thinking good. incomplete? 
I'm looking it up. The word I'm thinking of. Um, okay. So while we're on this talk about this race, it's to Catalina and back. What beach are they in? What beach is this set in? Uh, Baywatch Beach. Long Beach. Well, yeah, they actually, I did recognize they ski out of where the um, the ferries go to Catalina, out of that harbor there. Is it the Long Beach Harbor? Yeah. Well, there's two harbors in that San they Pedro. leave. It's in San Pedro. They, okay, yeah. that's Long Beach area. They leave yeah. two, they, uh, Catalina ferries go from two locations. Yeah, it's the one out of San Pedro. And they say that, and it actually is accurate, because you see, when you go out, you see the Queen Mary and... Okay. Okay, so that made me think right away. I was like, okay. I was like, if they're taking off close to where the ferry is, it's going to take, it's probably about 20-something miles off the coast. Catalina? 26. Okay, so they're doing a 50-mile race. But didn't they say it was a 60-mile race? Round trip. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. how, How fast do these boats go? 30 um, miles an hour? Oh, no. You could probably get them up. I bet they're doing 40 or 50. Oh, no. With, with skiers behind them, though. Barefoot skiing requires a minimum of 70. They weren't barefoot skiing, though. But there they showed a, in the montage barefoot skiing, bitch ass. Yeah. They did show, they did show yeah, a barefoot skier. My point is, in a skiing race, they're going to be going as fast as possible. Right. Barefoot I would skiing, say they're going at least 50. I'm saying they're going over 100. No, they're going over 100. I don't know if they're going over 100. Why not? The top top fuel drag boats go like 200. They're not they, skiing somebody at that speed. And it's one of the most like dangerous races of all time. I think they said, and they and they said somewhere in the in the this the episode that you had all you had. He said all all I have to do is stand on this ski for an hour. So they're probably doing about 60 to go okay. 60 miles. I was just and, thinking, that's a horribly long time to stand, to be on skis behind a, a boat. And with your arms, like, extended, although they were wrapping them kind of around their back still. And looking at the uh, looking at the flyer, it is the Avalon Ski Race. And the first thing he does when he sees this is he starts checking out boats. Well, It was just very odd. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go start getting in shape for skiing. I'm gonna go buy. I'm gonna buy the boat. Well, That's because he's because court. He's in shape for anything and when everything. Get, when he gets busted by the guys for buying a boat with their money, he still does. He he only got a boat. He doesn't even have a ski or any other way of actually doing this race yet. Isn't yeah? I think he assumes Eddie will drive. <laughs> yeah, because Eddie's kind of his like employee bitch. <laughs> He'll drive there's himself. A ton of things. There are a ton of things with this race that I. Had issues. Well, I took exception. Can to. we can we first say that Court was being really weird about the money and the purpose of it? Like yeah, no, he I, did not he did not want to admit anything, and it was like a good cause. It wasn't like it wasn't shameful. It wasn't. It was like oh, it wasn't like he was playing like paying child support for some kid he has not yet mentioned to all of his friends or. Something. He was somehow embarrassed that his uncle was like an invalid. Because obviously yeah. it was his uncle, that was the embarrassing part, I mean, I would think. Which is weird for you to be like, oh man. Unless yeah, he was just I'm ashamed really that he hadn't visited uncle. him. I guess that, like, oh, I'm paying all this money to keep him afloat, but I'm not, I don't visit him. 
but like yeah, he was it was feet to the fire before he was willing to admit to it. It was bizarre. So I misspoke. It's a uh, thirty to forty-five miles per hour to keep a skier upright on uh, barefoot skis. I don't know why I thought it was seventy. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think it's that fast. I could see him skiing to Catalina at fifty or sixty, though. Average water skiing speed. Oh, it's much slower. Probably like twenty-five for an average skier. Yes, you have to obviously go faster. But no, I'm just seeing. So it says up to yeah. For solemn water skiing, approaching 120 miles per hour in water skiing racing. Wow. Wow. So, so you can go very fast. Yeah, I I guess I just thought at a certain speed, it would be the arm. The, the actual beat, the fact that you're being towed would come into. I think that's yeah. why they hooked the strap behind their butt, so you're not having to have your arms pulled out of their sockets. Yeah, that was the weird thing about when early on they showed the skiers with like these slings that they were sitting in, but then when it came to the actual race, the guys had to hold themselves. Which I, I don't suppose think the sling is legal because. If you fall and you're hooked, you're <laughs> being drugged across what would be effectively concrete at 120 miles an hour. Not for long. <laughs> Remember yeah. when Eddie was dragged <laughs> across co- concrete when he owed the boat mo- pe- people money, the boat gamblers Eddie. money? That was Eddie, though. No, I know. That's what I said. Yeah, but, it's fine. Yeah, but he's much Eddie. stronger. Oh, yeah. Um, that's true. Also, I like the rivals we meet for no good reason. Are they douchebags? No, they don't no even know them. They had they had kind of a line that I kind of liked when um, the the boat catches on the engine catches on fire and the guy's like, uh, "I like a good fire and no weenies." He's like, "Oh, you guys are on fire! And I didn't even bring any weenies." And yeah. I was like, "Perfect comeback line would have been, you're standing right there.'" Exactly. But, or 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 the line would have been, "Who the hell are you? Why do you give a rip about us?" <laughs> well, when are ancillary characters going to figure out what Baywatch can do? Is my question. Yeah, you're mess. You're messing with SEAL Team Six, bro. They'll snap your neck and bury you where no one will find you. You don't want to mess with the Baywatchers. The Baywatch. The Baywatchers took out a shark ring. The Baywatchers took out a gambling ring with the mafia. I mean, mm-hmm. land, sea, air, water—it doesn't matter. I can't wait till episode uh, twenty-five when they go into outer space. The Baywatchers took out a murderer who was killing people on the boardwalk. Exactly. We need to do like a meme of the Baywatchers. Um, so, so can there, we talk about when they're first practicing with the boat? Well, let's, where, talk about the, let's talk about lighting the motor on fire. They light the motor on fire the very second it starts. Because the yeah. boat that Court bought sucks. Right. There's a huge amount of damage. It's going to cost thousands of dollars to take weeks to fix. The boat doesn't suck. The engine does. Yes. So yet they do a cheap, quick fix and don't have a single problem with it through this grueling long race. Nothing. No other issues at all. Just done. It's fine. That, that's because Garner's an engine whisperer. That's yeah, right. I, I also like how, okay, Mitch and Craig find out what Court did with their money. They're angry, and within two minutes, Court talks them into being part of this race with him. Well, I think it's 
they, he owed him three thousand dollars. It was the only way that they were going to get their money back is for him to win. You know so, what really screams this show is from the eighties or nineties? What's that? When the girl, um, or or maybe it screams that I'm from twenty twenty. The girl finds out she's being lied to because that's where we're at now, right? The guys have, mm-hmm. have given the money, the boat's working, mm-hmm. she comes up, she wants the money, she finds out she's being lied to, she slaps him across the face. And I thought, that is a very 90s, a girl has been cheated on, a girl has been lied to, something's happened, she slaps the guy across the face. And I thought, imagine if, they was, if the roles were reversed. <laughs> Can well, you imagine? Lying? <laughs> Women don't do that now because they have social media just to destroy you on instead. Right. Um, which, okay, the fact that she is so mad when she gets lied to just adds further confusion to whatever relationship they have. Because yeah, but she gets over it so mad. fast. She gets if over it fast. you're taking donations from this person... Why right. the hell would you get mad if they lied about having a yacht? They still were giving you money. Right. Imagine a millionaire says, that was really weird, too. That was really bizarre. I don't know what he said to her, but he's like, look, if you stay mad at me, these me and my 10 inches are going away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she got over quick. She was like, all right, I was mad. No, I'm not. And they I probably those, banged that night anyways, so. I want that, I want those 10 G's and those 10 inches. Yeah. I, I, I really don't know. All, all I can say is if he had said like, look, I was really embarrassed. I really wanted to support my uncle and there was no way that you would meet with just some lowly guy who ran a surf shop, but I knew if I pretended to be wealthy that you would meet with me and allow me to help you know, privately help my uncle out. So I, you know, I came up with this lie to convince you to let me, I don't know. Hang on, on. do you have to meet meet with companies to donate? Like, No, no. That's why I'm confused. I was like, couldn't he just own a surf shop and still just donate? And just, it's for a good cause. Any amount, just write a check. But he didn't, but he didn't own the surf shop. They don't care where the money comes from unless all of a sudden there's, they need to start, and maybe unless one of their big donors starts getting arrested for something. Maybe he's poor, uh, relatively, and he's been donating for years. And all of a sudden, they they they're like, "Oh wow, this is one of our best donors. We better go meet with them," you know. And then he's like, "Oh crap, you know, I've been donating this amount. They're gonna ask questions. Maybe I'll just no, pretend like I'm no, rich." No, he's been. Do- First of all, he wasn't the surf shop owner except for just recently. So he's there hasn't been a lowly surf shop owner who's been giving money. Mm. That's brand new. And mm. he has had this persona of John D. Rockefeller. Yeah. Uh the third for years. That's all she's ever known him by. But you're <laughs> right. She could he could have get they're not gonna not take five thousand from him because he's not rich. They'll take, oh, you wanna give me a check? The check cleared? Good, we'll take your money. Right. If it's all so, your money, we'll take it. The, the, everything he did was to get in her pants, like the persona, the yacht, the mansion, all that stuff. That was to have sex with her. That's all that was. I like that she would not have had sex with him. He stole a yacht. Um, he stole a yacht. Yeah. I, I, I just can't get past the, the stealing of the yacht in order Wait, to. Can and, you, and, and you other, didn't steal a yacht? The yacht saved it. It stayed moored. It didn't go anywhere. 
He trespassed. <laughs> okay, he trespassed. He just, he on just a yacht. trespassed. That's all he did. Fair enough. Yeah, that's like that's like that's not that different than like if you know if you have wealthier friends and you just use their house from out of town to make a little and he like left it rich. clean. Except I don't know these friends, so it's like I have wealthy neighbors. I open their front door. And I live in their house for a bit to to pretend that I'm rich. You don't. He doesn't know that he doesn't know the owners of the boat. He's never met them, you, so you, he might know them somehow. Yeah, maybe he saved maybe he saved their kid's life one day or something. Listen, yeah. he has their schedule apparently because he knows when they're going to be back. We got to get out of here. They're coming. You don't. He might know them. So, there you go. um, court has the accident, right? Yeah. When he's skiing. Okay. Can he we talk came, about this, though? He came out of his life jacket. How did he come out of his life jacket? It's wrapped The whole thing. Him. And he yeah, was hit. How did he start come out of it? It hit by really hard. But how no, did no. he come out of it? It hit really hard. But how did he come out of it and it was intact? Really hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what happened is he hit the water just the right way where the pressure came and unclipped the clips. And then reclipped them. <laughs> and then re- gotcha. re- yeah. Um But let's talk about what caused all of this. They're in the freaking ocean, and when boats go fast, their weight gets smaller. And this boat going very fast cuts in front of them and creates a little ripple, yet that is just an absolutely catastrophic wave that the big boat they're in can't flatten out at all, evidently. Right. And even though he's behind the boat, you would think it launches him, but it doesn't. He just gently falls sideways. Yes, he's and he's also pretty much a pro water he's out of his. He's out of his, before he even lets go of the rope, he falls sideways and he's out of his boot. To my knowledge, water skiers can go over wakes and waves. That's part of the gig, like to do tricks. Behind the boat will stay very flat. Yeah. Even if you go over a big wave, behind the boat is very smooth. But forget all that. Like Matt said, he gets completely knocked out of his jacket. They come hauling ass back to get him, and they go, look, where is he? There's his jacket. They acknowledge he's not in it, and they can't see him. So what do they do? They do a couple donuts around <laughs> the jacket because he's somewhere underwater and we can't see him. So that was my thought. You do is keep moving your boat. Because so let me just take this propeller and just kind of go around the area where you might be and see if I feel you. If and we see Red, great. we know where he is. We also, we've been a little behind on our montages. There was definitely a skiing montage. You know what would have been great, by the way, is if there had been a line like, we're not going to lose another one. Like referring to chill, <laughs> I get I get where they're coming from. Having or my parents have a boat. When someone falls, you go and you do a little circle around them to pull the rope back to them. Right. But if you can't see them and you know they're under the water, you don't just go barreling around looking for them. Right. <laughs> they like hit his head. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing uh, like a blender in the water where someone might be unconscious. Oh, I was dying. But yes. Then after this, he goes to the hospital, very short scene. Broken ribs. Bruce ribs. And we switch who's going to be the skier. Craig's an amazing skier. An amazing skier. And they do this whole skiing montage. Barefoot, skiing on your back, jumping wakes. He falls dozens of times, at least as hard or harder than Big Tough Court did. And he's fine laughing it off. It's hilarious. Yep. You know, by the way – 
Does any did anybody pick up why everyone was so weird about the race? Like everybody was so against this race. Like Garner wanted nothing to do. Like we need you to help build, but no, no, no. Like everybody was like, don't do this. It was just a water ski race. They were more in favor of the shark derby than they are about this water skiing race. That is true. The other yeah. thing that I got that I started Maybe thinking because of it was like I, gambling. I don't know. When I watched this, the shark derby was for money, right? What I don't understand is when did these people ever actually work? Because none of the episodes are about them working. They're always doing something else that ends up causing them to need to do whatever. When did they actually work? They were they were working. Their job is multifaceted. When you when the, the job listing for Baywatch is must be able to lifeguard, must be able to water ski, must be able to catch sharks, must be with a fishing pole, must be able to stop bank robbers. It's just everything. They're always on the clock. Yep. They spend so much time doing extracurriculars, though. I'm I'm starting to figure not be able to figure out when they actually work. I'm wondering when Craig practices law. Yeah. Lest we not forget, he, he is a lawyer. He doesn't. Well, the three of them were screwing around the whole time. Shawnee had given up. Um, what other lifeguards do we have left that can be are actually working the beach? Well, yeah. we we have a Newman side. Jill's dead. Right. Jill's dead. Shawnee doesn't want to work. These three are out on a boat. Eddie's going around doing something. Well, it's it's all those other lifeguards that we met when the um, the 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 um, armored into the ocean and they needed a bunch of lifeguards to uh, help. It's all those guys plus Newman, who is a main lifeguard later on in the epi- later on in the series. So yeah. all of your quote unquote manager level lifeguards, the ones that should be running the show, they're all out screwing around. The captain was the captain was in this episode, Monty or whatever his name is. So he's 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 holding the fort. I just want to get to the. Um, I want to hear from the other lifeguards and find out they'll hate these these five people because they never work. And they're like, we do all the fucking shit there is here. All these guys do is go on races, talk about finding ghosts, talk about finding murderers, stopping bank robbers. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but they're never working. Yeah, these are the lifeguards who get called in because all these ones get call off sick. I mean, my knowledge of, of lifeguard stations is there's like dozens of stations. So yeah, if they lose four or five to these hijinks, the rest can operate fine. Yeah, who cares? I guess so. All I know is if you're gonna go if you're gonna go swimming at Baywatch, you're taking your own life into your hands. It's like a it's like a community pool that says no lifeguard on duty, but there's a lifeguard chair. You never know. Yeah. So. Are we ready for the – so I think we're at the big race finally now. Ooh. Hang on. Let me get let me get prepared. There we go. Is that number five? Four. You can't count. Uh, I'm going to say six. You can't count. These are Bud Lights. They're, um, they're, they're not very strong. They count as like half beers. You're really on your second one. Exactly. LJ's probably drinking some double gobhopper, you know, 47%. An, ever, an everlasting gobstopper IPA. 
Exactly. It's probably 15% per, you know, per bottle. Per all, sip. All four of my Bud Lights don't even count. Yeah. Um, so then we have a race, which is intense? Question mark? The music tries. <laughs> and they get caught in a net. Oh, which boy. Which ratchets uh, up the tension. Don't but even then, get me started. I know. I mean, the propeller, of course, doesn't bother with the net. The propeller that's in the water. Well, somehow the boat didn't go over the net. I didn't understand. The propeller. The net was in still water. The propeller that is under the water goes over the net just fine. But the skier who's skiing roughly on the surface of the water gets thrown off by the same net. I don't understand. That's because you don't understand water, um, water uh, physics. physics. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't take and water physics when you went to Baywatch school. It's like a different physics than uh, regular and, physics. And at that speed, the skier one perceives the net and then thinks fast enough to let go and somehow jump forward. Not just yeah. let go like a normal skier would and sit back and sink down into the water. He, they let go and they like launch off their ski. They yeah. want to jump over the net so they don't get wrapped up in. Oh wait, he still gets wrapped up in. Which, which that brings me to my other thing too, which is funny, is that not only does it knock him off in a sense, it's that the momentum of the boat and the speed he was traveling doesn't at least take him past the net somewhat. Why couldn't he just ski over it? He could. In real life, he absolutely would go right over that thing. Just no lift problem. the tip of the ski up a little bit. You go over, the little fin in the back is smooth, and just go through the net. Yeah. It's called suspense. Yeah. And then he gets tangled up in it. The Hoff As jumps out, the... and with one cut, has him freed. That's right. As does their, um, their, their rival, I guess, also Correct. gets caught in it. Their rival, who evidently has... Just not quite enough stamina. And my my knowledge of races is usually the top ten, fifteen competitors are pretty close. They're they're usually really competitive. There's only five in this one. Okay, so only five competitors. So but only two? Because the they can fall off the boat, get rescued, get back on the ski, get back going, and none of the other competitors are anywhere close even after all that happens? That's how much better their boats were. That's Garner's they, all, they, must have, they all got stuck in the net. Nobody saw that the other ones were falling down and went around. Oh. They all took the exact same path and got stuck in the exact oh, same path. Oh, everyone path. is stuck in the net. Okay. <laughs> also, also, in a race, are you able to pull yourself uh, on the on a ski race? Are you able to pull yourself on <laughs> the that help? <laughs> closer so that you cross the or something quicker? If I pull myself up three feet, I'm going to win. And then the hop is like tying it off around. Pulling him in. It reminded me of Mario Kart. (laughs) I throw you a wave. Oh, that didn't work. Ha! Launch a net. (laughs) Blue shell. Exactly. I like the the strength of the Hoff and, uh, um, what's the attorney? Why can't I think of his name? This Hoff's like pulling him in and tying it around. Craig's like, look at that forearm strength. I just don't, I mean, it, w- it would be incredibly impressive to pull someone forward on a water ski by hand, because there's quite a bit of pressure there, so that would be impressive. But I guess the race was first one to cross the finish line as a team? 
So therefore, if you can shorten the rope, but I guess I, don't know. They, I think it might actually it be easier potentially at the higher speeds to pull someone in because there's less drag in the water. If you've ever skied when you're going very slow, it's very hard to hang on because there's so much drag. So the less in contact with the water. That move was like when John Candy ties his uh, pants to the sail in summer rental in order to give themselves more wind (laughs) and win the yacht regatta. I haven't even seen the movie, but that's I also think they should have been disqualified because when they got stuck in the net, they took their helmets off to save him. But when they started going again, they failed to put them back on. Dave, you've never seen Summer Rental? I have not, but John Candy oh, is a treasure, so. And that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a really right. good movie. All right. Have you you've seen it, LJ? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know uh, if you being facetious. He, he just said it's a good movie. <laughs> I didn't no. know if he was being facetious, that's all. It, all it right. feels like this, but way better. because No, it's facetious and about... non-facetious, a different thing. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Perfect answer, Donahue. I said, is facetious and non-facetious a different thing? Um, the same way fiction and non-fiction are different things. Thank you. Yes, you caught up. <laughs> so you you were kind of talking about the end of the race. They're coming back into the harbor. Everybody's doing great. And they're so close that pulling yourself up a foot or two on the rope might make or break it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Photo finish. It was a photo finish otherwise. Photo finish. And as they get within, how close were they to the end? Seconds. Seconds yeah. from the finish line. The other boat, he just falls? He slips. He's trying to pull himself in two. He's trying to do the same thing pulling right. himself in two, and he slips when he's pulling. Oh, okay. So he falls, and then the Hoff throws his hands up in victory. Yes, we've won. Right. Craig in the back. As soon as he passes the finish line, just tosses the handle in celebration and goes down in the water. Yep. And what does the Hoff do? Keeps on barreling on. <laughs> they just keep on going. See ya, buddy. He dropped in the water. <laughs> they just take off. Now it's time for Craig to swim, man. <laughs> and I keep waiting like, oh, they're going to look back and like, nope, they just kept on going. Hey, the honestly, the most suspenseful thing. Is I was waiting for them not to be able to finish the race because they were the going to blow up because they were going to have to lifeguard and save another skier. That's that what I was best. waiting for. That's what I was. I thought that was going to. I thought that was going to happen when they got caught in the net. I thought something was going to happen there where they had to oh, rescue I kept, their rival. I kept thinking that the. I kept thinking the motor was going to catch on fire. I kept thinking they the get mechanic, the money. The mechanic said, we can do this cheap fix, but you're going to have to be really careful with it, go easy on it, or it's going to happen again. Okay. No, that's why they brought Garner in. Garner, like, either rebuilt the whole engine or put something new in. That was Garner's yeah, part. that was okay. before Garner. So how- well, whatever Garner did in four days was miraculous because they had no yep. trouble at all. That thing ran like a champ. So how much did it cost to fix the engine? I guess Garner's free. For the parts. <laughs> I don't know. Definitely nothing. He, he, owed, he was going to give $10,000 to the nursing home. Okay. 10000 to the nursing home, 3000 to reimburse them. So maybe 2000 
I, that's what I was, I was trying to see if you actually had enough money at the end of all. If you really, so if you really know what you're doing and assuming all your engine components are fine and you're just replacing gaskets and piston rings and you're not replacing like the, the, the head or you're not replacing the, the engine core or the crankshaft. If you're just doing an overhaul, it's very cheap. Components are very cheap. Hundreds of dollars. A few hundred dollars. If you have to replace, you know, the crankshaft, the camshaft, the pistons, the core of the engine, the head, then it's, then you're at a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars. And if you have to but replace had, the whole engine. They had mentioned gram. that it was overboard. So it needed all new cylinders because it was making too much power for what it could handle. They did say it was overboard, but Evidently, they didn't fix that. They just left it overboard. If it was overboard, the only solution would be to buy a new engine or to buy a new, yeah, block. I don't think they well, fixed that. My favorite line is, Court has the check and he goes, 15,000 buckers. Buckers. <laughs> <laughs> now, I counted five montages, or you could say four well, A and I think, B. I th- there was, I there think- was a one at the, here's, here's what I counted. There was one at the beginning. I don't remember what exactly it was. Then there was one with the sharks again with Johnny um, reliving. Then there was the engine one where they were working on the engine, Garner, everybody. Then there was a two-part skiing yeah. one. So I counted that as five, but also 4A, 4B. What do you mean a two-part skiing one? There was the skiing one and there was the race one. No, there was a race one. Uh, when they were first going out, then it broke to a Shawnee break, Shawnee story, and then it went back to the, the race. That's why I counted it as either two or A and B. Okay. So that was my count. Okay. There was a lot. It was ridiculous. Yes. This was a montage heavy, heavy episode. Also, I think I figured out, I think Little Hoff is going to grow up to be um, another court. Probably. Probably. Be- Hobie? Because, Hobie, because as soon as court does something, Hobie shows up and he's like, oh, nice. And then, can I try it out? And then they say, no, you gotta return it. And, uh, court goes, well, it was used, so there's no returns on one. Hobie goes, oh, right on, that's good thinking. So then you, you can't give it back. And he's like, it's like he's learning from him, and I can totally see in his personality, he's gonna be the next court. Everybody loves him, no matter what he does. Right. Well, the Hoff loves court, and court has a way with the ladies that Hoff wants Hobie to have, so I'm sure that yeah. Hoff would be happy and just quite proud of his boy. That's true, cause if Hoff saw Hobie get slapped by a lady for telling him the truth after they had slept together, he would have probably been like, Hobie, I'm taking you out for ice cream. Awesome. <laughs> My man. And, and then especially if the girl wasn't mad at him anymore within like five minutes. Uh, this episode um, sucked. I think TV shows show a lot more slapping than maybe happens in r- real life. I don't know. No, we're, we're, we're back to that. Dave's still stuck on that. No, uh, LJ or, or someone just mentioned about him being slapped and going out for ice cream. I didn't bring it up. I was just referencing. I just saw a newsflash, totally off topic, but they figured out um, who started COVID-19. Oh, good. Carol Baskin. <laughs> Is that the girl from Tiger Lady or whatever? Tiger King. <laughs> Tiger King. Okay. Mm. I well, watched... maybe, she, maybe she could cure it by feeding it to her tiger. <laughs> maybe. 
I watched, grinder. I watched one episode of that, and I thought, this show is just... It's watching stupid, terrible people do stupid, terrible things, and... I don't want to fill my life with watching stupid, terrible people. I mean, it so got you better. Like better was watching an episode. Did you feel so like he was watching? Just getting to where you went. Wow. Did you this feel it was like watching people. an episode? I mean, like, like, like when, when like the the murders and the drugs start coming in, it gets a little crazy. When I, when I realized that he was three way gay with um, a surfer, him and a super strung out crack addict with all the front teeth missing. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, is it, when he, when he starts it, marrying people, starts marrying like kids when they're like nineteen or twenty. Yes. Dave, did you feel like you were watching an episode of Baywatch? I just stupid people I, doing stupid things. I just can't. I just can't get behind watching people, dumb people, destroy their lives and people around them. I don't. I, I call me <laughs> call me crazy, but watching. It was, I don't, I don't want to see that in real time, but if you're looking back on something that's already happened, like, I don't want to sit idly by while dumb people do dumb things, but if they've already done the dumb things. <laughs> I actually For me, it was just sh- so shocking that this kind of thing actually happened and still happens, because this is relatively recent. Right. Yeah. Like, this exists. This exists in our country. Oh. In our country. People behave like, like this is real. Yeah. Well, at least Nicolas Cage is going to be playing him. There was a lady who got, on Mother's Day, this was yesterday, who got thrown out got thrown out of a Red Lobster because, because she had to wait three hours for her Red Lobster order, and she was very upset, and she wanted a refund, and she was going getting hysterical, and she started a fight with multiple employees about getting her Red Lobster refund on Mother's Day, one of the highest takeout days of the year, and she, and and we're in COVID, so of course you can't go into the restaurant. And Mother's Day has two hour waits on Mother's Day, and so yeah, so yes, people act like that. And it was a Red Lobster in Maine when she could have had fresh lobster anywhere. <laughs> the video, the video is great though when she throws the punch at the manager or whatever, and the manager grabs her hair and is having Dave, none of it. Wait, 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 Dave! I don't like watching dumb people do dumb. I know. Things. I so, Dave, you, do it. I like you don't watching have a dumb people get their comeuppance. Tiger King got his comeuppance. He's in prison for life. Yeah. yeah. So wait a second. I'm confused now, Dave. You like watching it or you don't like watching it? No, Tiger King was watching stupid people do stupid, terrible things. This was a 90-second video where stupid people did something stupid and got punished for it immediately. Tiger oh, okay. King's in jail. So you, so you have to watch the six episodes to watch Tiger King be, be sent to prison for life. Yeah, I'm not watching no 10 hours of Tiger King to watch him get in prison. Dave, you, so spend, Dave? you spend 10 hours on these Reddit threads about stupid people doing stupid things. Hey, I don't Ooh, spend Dave? that much time on Reddit threads about Donald Trump. <laughs> Dave is high and moral if it takes more than an episode for them to get their punishment. That's right. Otherwise, yeah. he'll watch it all day and rag on them if they get their punishment quickly. Yeah. That's right. Should, should we vote on our life part right, of the week? Sense now. We're at an episode, hour and 15, and yeah. the episode was 45 minutes. Yep. Uh, for this episode, my most valuable life part is Shawnee. For actually noticing that Jill died. <laughs> because no one else did. I'm gonna 
I'm going to give it to Garner for caring about Shawnee enough to have a conversation with her and get her to stay. And honestly, not only did Garner get Shawnee to stay, Garner's the one who fixed the boat for the guys. That's true. And that's That's what I was going to say. I'm also going to give it to Garner because he is evidently a fantastic mechanic. Um, What's Shawnee's boyfriend's name? Eddie. 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 I'm going to give it to Eddie for trying, you know, some, some psychological help by, I know you're scared of water, so let's go in the water, and then I'm going to leave you alone and let you swim in the deep water by yourself as an exercise method to to help you psychologically. That's Listen, good psychology. I, I don't blame him. She would kept saying she was fine. She wasn't scared. She Hold was up. fine What's, with what, lifeguarding. What is our uh, second most popular character's name? Jill? Court? I don't know. I don't I don't know either. Jill. <laughs> Dave, 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 who's Shawnee's boyfriend? He's just in every episode talked about oh. constantly. Yeah, oh. that Dave also still doesn't know Craig's name. He just goes, you know, Mitch and the lawyer guy show up. <laughs> That's right. Guys, I gotta you be don't know. If you don't know it's Mitch, only, only, Shawnee, and Eddie by now. It's only, it's only been 20 episodes. Why should he know who these people are? Hey, to be fair, I've only watched maybe 15 episodes. <laughs> There's only like five characters. No, honestly, I'm really terrible with character names. I, I, could, wa- I could sit and watch a two-hour movie and walk out and be like, So, there was The Rock... Well, let, let's not forget his uh, old junior high small group that he led that he could never remember any of their names. Do Do you remember the name of the show? Do you remember the name of your children? <laughs> you have a lot. They were That's name true. tags at home. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I give it to Eddie. Okay. All right. Anything else? We done killed it, guys. Uh, I don't know. I don't think let's not not torture our audience anymore. You felt the need. You felt the need to do a twenty-five minute Jill eulogy from the Wikipedia. You go, please. I I blame. I blame you in part. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Peace.